0: Alright, what's up guys? Welcome back to the Riggo's Rag podcast. I'm Ian Cummings here with Jacob Kamiker. Just the two of us today. Training camp is coming just a week away as we're recording this. Last time we kind of went over some under-the-radar storylines. Uh, we talked about Trent Williams and the whole deal with him. Uh, the quarterback position, which we're going to talk about again today. And some other stuff, uh, some other little tidbits. So um, if you want to look at that podcast, the last one we did... Uh, it's on the site, and we've also got some training camp player profiles for you that we've been kind of churning through. So uh, you can check those out. And if you, if there's a player that we haven't covered yet that you want us to cover, uh, go ahead and let us know in the comments, and uh, we'll be sure to get that to you. Today though, we're gonna go through some position battles at training camp. but us uh, first off, let's get some uh, let's get some convo in here. Jacob, how's your how's your summer been? I feel like we haven't asked yet. Oh,
1: uh, my, my my summer's been pretty good. I I can't complain. I was at the Red Sox game last night and. It was pretty, pretty beautiful out. Uh, the Red Sox lost very badly, but uh,
0: but it was complain. beautiful out. So there's consolation there.
1: Yeah, it's always nice to be at a ballpark on a nice night. So can't complain. Can't complain.
0: I don't think I've ever met a person who's watched a baseball game in person for the baseball. Like when I go, I don't know about you. I, I don't know if there's any hardcore baseball fans listening, but when I go, I go for the pretzels and the nacho cheese and the cracker jacks and all that and uh, just the atmosphere man that sounds cheesy but the atmosphere is always no
1: you're totally right especially when you're in Fenway park man that like those seats they're cramped but you're in a historic building and
0: it's pretty awesome to look at you just got to take it in yeah exactly and for me you know it's not even that like the closest baseball team to where i live is the lansing Lugnuts. so i think they're i don't even think they're double a they might be single a if that's even a thing they're always bad but uh it's just the atmosphere of baseball, so yeah, that's cool. Well, that's good to hear man, my summer's been pretty good too. uh, I recently went to a lake and didn't apply sunscreen at an early enough time, though, so that kind of kind of paying the price for that now, but um,
1: oh man yeah. i've I've been there, I think we all have, but
0: i it, uh... It happened so fast, man. We just got there. Me and my friend were like, hey, uh, let's go hit up the water. And then we were were tossing a football and then these kids just joined in and we had like a game of 500 going. And an hour went by, go back and it's like, oh, my shoulders are red. Well, no turn back now. So that was that was rough. But uh, yeah, so it's it's the summer the summer trademark though you got to have it happen at least once and I did so I've passed the initiation. Um, Enough about our lives. Uh, Let's talk about the subject at hand: the Redskins position battles, and we've got a lot of interesting ones on deck. Quarterback, you know, wide receiver, offensive line in some areas, Uh, and then on defense you got linebacker, uh, you got the secondary at safety, even backup corner, a lot of interesting places. Is there anywhere you want to start, Jacob? It's kind of hard uh, to, to get a roadmap of all this uh, intrigue.
1: Yeah, I think, I think we have to start with the biggest position battle in what might be the entire league. That's the quarterback position for the Redskins because, I mean, you're looking at it, you, you don't usually see a position battle like this. Usually it's a rookie against an established veteran, and we do have that. But we also have another veteran who's been on the roster for six years And then you also have Alex Smith in the quarterback room, and he's not going to play this year. But it's interesting that we're going to have Dwayne Haskins in a room that has as many as three veteran quarterbacks and what the competition is going to be like there. So uh, I'm curious. What are your thoughts on this? I think I know that, but let's – Let's let the listeners
0: know what you think. yeah yeah and I think we've we've kind of covered this a few times, just various I know last podcast we weren't even supposed to be talking about this and we, we came to it that's how much of it that's how wide-ranging of a topic it is. You know everything ties back into this quarterback situation. Uh, you talk about Trent Williams is he going to be on the field with a new contract or is he still going to be holding out if he's not on the field I wouldn't start Dwayne Haskins. A- any other scenario if he's out there, I'm starting Dwayne Haskins uh, because I feel like you have a rookie quarterback, and Haskins seems like a quick learner, you know, a guy who's relatively pro ready with his traits. If Gruden wants to keep his job, he's either got to win or he's got to catalyze the development of Dwayne Haskins. And if you're starting Case Keenum or Colt McCoy, you're not winning. Uh, so you might as well divert to the other option, and that's uh, try and catalyze some development with Haskins. The only, in my opinion, uh, the best way to get that development from a quarterback is live reps so they can apply what they learn in real time but if Trent Williams isn't out there you got Eric Flowers blocking for uh, Dwayne Haskins which is never fun I would normally for most scenarios I would err on starting Haskins the rookie Uh, just get him out there get him on the learning process early but uh, I do think Keenum McCoy they both got some interesting uh, traits that could bode well for them you know Keenum obviously his experience as a starter pretty good spot starter a guy who can kind of hold the fort if you do want to hold out Haskins if he's not progressing as planned you know he's a guy who can kind of keep the ship stable he's not going to win for you you know he's not going to carry your team to victory but he'll be able to keep you respectable and he's just a guy that you can put out there you know he's going to be able to you know operate pretty smoothly Uh, Colt McCoy He's got the best understanding of the offense, which uh, we know with Gruden is definitely important because new quarterbacks seem to always come in and have trouble uh, picking up the playbook or whatever. We've heard that a little bit about Keenum uh, this offseason and Haskins, both of them kind of taking their time and uh, trying to get the nuance down. But McCoy's been in the offense for, I don't even know, I can't remember, I think like five years or something. So he's been in there for a while uh, and he's got a down pat. He can come in there and execute the way Gruden wants. You know, he, he's a risk taker, so you're going to get those turnovers and that negative, that that those variances. But uh, he, he knows what he's doing in terms of the terminology and everything. So he's got that going for him. I would go with the most talented player, which is Haskins, the player with the most upside, uh, getting those reps, which is Haskins. I don't think starting Keenum or McCoy does anything for you if Haskins is ready. But if he's not ready, if Williams isn't out there uh, go with someone else and ease him in instead. That's, that's my take on it.
1: Yeah. And that seems to be what a lot of the fan base and a lot of analysts think will be the best route to take. Cause obviously they didn't draft Haskins not to make him their quarterback in the future at some point. But really the only question surrounding him is when is it going to be, is it going to be this year? Is it going to be midway through the year? Is it going to be right to start the year? The one interesting argument I read about recently, um, I believe this was on NBC Sports Boston. Um, uh, no, sorry, NBC Sports Washington, um, Boston. Talked, oh my goodness! Yeah, no, no, Boston's where I work. But, <laughs> um, no, so at Sports NBC Sports Washington talked to a quarterback guru who had worked with a couple of guys. I think Carson Wentz, Deshaun Watson, and Dwayne Haskins, and he pointed at the 2016 Los Angeles Rams as kind of a cautionary tale for the Redskins of throwing a rookie quarterback into the fire too soon. That year, Jeff Fisher was the coach in Los Angeles. He was kind of a lame duck. And um, at the midpoint of the season, Case Keenum was actually the starter for the first nine games. He took them to a 4-5 and five record, which considering the roster was respectable. Uh, but then they benched him in favor of Goff because Fisher was in danger of losing his job. And Goff clearly wasn't ready, and he went 0-7, and it kind of stunted his development a bit. Goff obviously has recovered a bit under McVay and has been a much better quarterback the last couple seasons. But I just thought that was an interesting thing to point out. Just, you know, if Dwayne Haskins shows any signs that he might not be ready or needs some time to develop, uh, they should definitely keep him on the bench until he's really ready. Now, he could prove to be ready in training camp of the preseason. That's well within the realm of possibility. But I I just thought that comparison was interesting. And uh, if they throw Haskins in a bit too soon and it costs Jake Rudin his job, They're looking at a new offensive system in year two for Haskins. That could stunt his development a bit. So that would be one of the only reasons I would consider him taking him off the field. I'm kind of in favor of, you know, whatever happens in training camp in the preseason. That'll be the starter. Um, I could see Case Keenum starting for the first month if Haskins doesn't prove to be ready yeah. um, but I, I do think it's gonna come down to Haskins is gonna start at some point this year.
0: Yeah, for sure. it shouldn't be it shouldn't be like a fear factor thing like oh my God, I'm gonna lose my job. I gotta start Haskins you know it, it shouldn't be like that It should be is Haskins has he shown us enough? through training camp where we can feel comfortable starting him out there and I I think the Redskins situation this year is better than the Rams was last uh, back then you know but uh if Trent Williams isn't out there that's going to take a big chunk out of that and so that's that's kind of dangerous yeah Haskins is definitely going to start and he's going to be the quarterback of the future for sure I um there were some Houston Cougars fans who I got into it a little bit with early in the offseason if you guys read the comments you might have seen it but um they were Saying, you know, how Keenum could be the quarterback of the future. You know, let's see how Haskins does in a year, and they're going to dump him after a year. It's like, no, guys, that's not going to happen. You know, Haskins is the guy. They invested a first round pick in him. You cannot responsibly invest a first round pick in a quarterback and then dump him a year later. You know, you got to see that investment through. But they can use Keenum. He's got some utility. Uh, If they want to ease Haskins along with that on-field development, kind of minimize the um, potential for bad habits to kind of arise if he's facing pressure all the time, Keenum is a safety blanket for that. And so they can definitely use a lot of those tools uh, to their advantage. But um, I think I wrote about this a little bit earlier in the offseason. Like you said uh, a couple minutes ago, these guys can make the decision a whole lot easier if one of them stands out from the pack. You know, all it takes is one. If Haskins is making the throws and if he's showing quick growth, then boom, he should be out there. If he's not, if Keenum is starting to pick up the offense really quickly and if he's showing, if his experience is that much more of a difference uh, than Haskins inexperience, then he should be out there. Uh, if McCoy's experience with the system puts sets him apart, then maybe he should get the go-ahead. You know, I think all three have cases. I think Haskins and Keenum are the two strongest, but, uh, you know, anything can happen. So it's definitely something to watch in training camp. Uh, let's move on to the defensive side of the ball, kind of get a little balance here. Uh, what's a position battle that you're really looking forward to watching on that side of the ball?
1: Well, I, I would say since the loss of Reuben Foster, the guy who started linebacker is going to be Something interesting to watch because in the middle of that defense before Reuben Foster's injury it was widely assumed he would be one of the starters and that either Mason Foster or Sean Dion Hamilton would emerge as the other starter but now with Foster gone you're looking at a battle between five guys who all play different types of roles and are going to you know battle for playing time but in terms of who's going to be the starters I would I would lean towards Hamilton as one of the starters but after that, it's going to be a four-man race between Mason Foster, John Bostic, Josh Harvey Clemens, and Cole Holcomb uh, to really see who's going to emerge there. I think they're probably going to go with a vet, one of the veteran options on early downs just because Bostic and Foster are better against the run. Uh, but even that will be an interesting battle to watch because Foster was so bad in coverage last year, and coverage isn't exactly his strength of Bostic either. So how they kind of put those pieces together there is going to be very, very interesting to watch.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think Bostic and Foster are both kind of similar players. Uh, I think Bostic is a little faster, but again, the instincts and coverage are not there. And even if he's a little faster, he's not fast enough you know, to go toe-to-toe with the running backs and coverage. Um, I think if you're looking for a guy who can make the shirt tackles, You know, and I think Bostic is a little better with those tackling angles. So I would err on his side over Foster. Uh, But Foster does have the experience in the defense. He was a captain last year. uh, So maybe they could weigh that over Bostic's, uh, you know, he's a recent signing. He hasn't had a ton of time to get Minuski's scheme down. So maybe that'll have some bearing. I do like how you included the two young guys. I don't think the team is going to go with them, but I would like to see them more. Uh, Especially Harvey Clemens, uh, you know, his length. And uh, his potential, and then Holcomb, his athletic potential. You know, he put up insane pro day numbers. Uh, He's a stocky guy, too. He's very well built, but he's also very fast, uh, very agile, and he's got a, I think he had like a 38 inch vertical or something. So those are guys with a lot more potential than the older guys. Uh, but they might go with those guys based on experience. I, I I do think Sean Deion Hamilton should be starting no matter what. You know, you got to put that guy in because he showed potential last year. You know, the only reason he went in the sixth round was because of his injury problems. You know, teams didn't want to take a risk on a guy that might be, a you know, an uncertain commodity. But then the Redskins got him as a potential gem in the rough. And he showed them a bit of his explosiveness and uh, his ability to kind of range from sideline to sideline and be that all-around guy so um, I, I like the potential there for sure it, it ultimately comes down to how fast are the are the young guys coming along you know is Harvey Cummins developing into an every down guy I don't remember where I heard this but earlier in the offseason I think he added a lot of weight uh, good weight this offseason so I think he's up a little bit there uh, we'll, we won't see for sure until training camp you know there's gonna be pictures and everything so we'll get confirmation but I've heard he he built he built himself up a little bit, which is good. You know, if he's preparing for that every down roll, he's definitely got the length uh, to disrupt passes and, you know, make tackles and reach for guys. Uh, But Holcomb, I think he's a raw guy. If he comes along quicker, they could decide to get him on the field. He looks like a special teamer for now. But uh, yeah, there's definitely two clashing philosophies there. It's going to be interesting to see how it all comes together. Another position battle that i am really looking forward to seeing on the defense is in the secondary uh backup corner uh because to me you got quentin dunbar i think he's the best guy on the team uh, at that position uh, hot take right there quentin dunbar josh norman fabian moreau but then after him you got jimmy moreland greg stroman dominic rogers camardi adonis alexander danny johnson i think you can only keep three of those guys you got to kind of figure out who you're going to keep, who you're going to let go. I know Adonis Alexander seems to be on the outside looking in. Jimmy Moreland, there's been a lot of hype around him early on, but can he sustain that? And uh, Greg Stroman uh, was the team's highest graded corner on PFF last year and showed some good strides and his ability to mirror receivers and really excellent footwork. Uh, is something that kind of helps him overcome his size issues. So I think that's a really interesting position battle. I don't know what you think about it. Do you think it's kind of like cut dry are you
1: i think it's going to be fascinating because they have so much young depth the corner with upside and these are guys that played some roles last year like danny johnson seems to be the eighth corner on the team right now but last year he was a top kick returner i think and he also played some in the slot at times he had trouble on defense but his special teams value is there You look at the guys that they have in reserve, and they're the types of guys that if you waive some of them, they make a claim. I know a lot of people are worried about sneaking Adonis Alexander onto the practice squad. I think it all depends on what he can show in training camp, because so far this offseason, I think it was J.P. Finley who said um, he'd been kind of invisible so far, or something along those lines yeah he's got the Um,
0: measurables but he hasn't really shown anything concrete yet i think we would be able to sneak him on the practice squad as of now but again a lot can change uh, between now and you know uh, cut day so yeah
1: and you know, people people like to think like, oh, Alexander, we took him in the supplemental draft. We, they really like him, but in reality, they surrendered a sixth round pick to them. So if they did waive him and someone did claim him, they still have the depth at corner, that, and they may still have players they like better than Alexander. So he's definitely an M to watch. Another guy that I'm interested in is Rogers Cromarty because he retired halfway through last season. But the Redskins last year really seemed to want a veteran presence at the cornerback position, despite all of their young talent that's why they signed Orlando Skandrick to that two-year 11 million dollar deal Skandrick ended up being outplayed by the Redskins youth and that's why he got cut a little bit into the um, preseason I think if Rodgers Cromarty can show that he can still play and be a solid backup and have versatility to kind of play anywhere in the secondary. I think they're going to value that along with his veteran. um, You know, he's been in the league for 10 or so years. Um, I think they're going to value that in that secondary. So I kind of think he's more on the inside than uh, some people think. Some people would rather cut him and keep the young talent, which I understand. Yeah. But, you know, it depends on what they're looking for.
0: Yeah, for sure. I kind of read into, you know, his contract doesn't have a lot of guarantees, uh, close to none. So that's something right there. You know, they can easily cut ties with him. But uh, like you said, you know, they could want that veteran presence. And uh, you look back to last season when they had constant communication issues in the secondary. They got a new secondary coach to help with that, Ray Horton. But maybe you need someone even closer to the players. Maybe you need a guy who can help them, you know, on the field right there actively. You know, he's the guy who's been there, done that, and he's still doing it. Maybe that kind of guy is what the young guys need. Maybe they need that visual teacher, and that's what Dominic Rogers Kamardi. That's a role that maybe he could fill, while also providing some versatile depth. Uh, I don't know. It's definitely, definitely interesting. I would say um, you got Dunbar, Moreau, Norman. I would say my next two behind them are Strowman and Moreland. Uh, if they want to keep a sixth guy, I think Rogers camardi is the next guy up. I don't think he's going to be a safety. Uh, we saw John Kime kind of. Refute those claims. He said, you know, yeah, they're not looking at him as a safety, but uh, not a full-time safety, but a guy who could fill that role situationally. So I think that versatility could earn him that sixth spot. Um, I, but uh, yeah, still a lot that can change. The pecking order is very far from being set in stone uh, at cornerback. Let's let's move back to the offensive side of the ball. Uh, the position that the corners cover, the wide receiver position, Jacob. How the heck is this thing going to fall together? I have no idea right now.
1: Well, at the moment, it seems, from what I understand, it seems that there's six receivers that are probably going to make the roster. Like, if you had cuts the 53 today, the six receivers would be Josh Doxson, Paul Richardson, Trey Quinn, Terry McLaurin, Kelvin Harmon, and Cam Sims. Now, that's by no means set in stone. And even if you did keep those six, there's no clear number one receiver. There's not even really a clear number two receiver. The The only clarity that you would have is that Trey Quinn would probably play the slot. Let's go. And yeah, I know I know you love Trey Quinn. It, it does seem that that is his spot to lose at the moment. But the starters on the outside, it's it's anyone's guess. It could be Paul Richardson. It could be Dachson. It could be McLaurin. Um, I think those are the three guys that are going to be fighting for playing time early. I think... Sims and Harmon still have a little bit of work to do. Harmon just needs to be able to prove that he can separate at the NFL level because the one big knock on him coming out was his separation ability and lack of speed. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean he can't catch contested passes. He does that better than almost anyone. So even that, if he can show that, he could be a red zone weapon. I guess if, if I had to guess today, I would think that the three starters would be Doxson, Richardson, and Trey Quinn. And I know that's kind of boring, because that's just what it was last year, except Quinn's in place of Jamison Crowder. But it does take receivers a little bit of time to develop at the NFL level, pretty much except for the Odell Beckham Jr. class. Um, It can take a season of development before they're really ready. I think they'll use those three to start the season, sprinkle in McLaurin a little more as the year goes along, get Harmon some action. But... It's definitely going to be interesting to watch, and I I don't know what you think, or if you think there are some other guys on the roster that might be able to make it in at receiver.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a really interesting position because, like, there's deep sleepers too uh, that, while they aren't favored right now, could uh, enter into the equation, kind of break their way in. Uh, First off, though, I do want to clarify: I, you know, I love that Trey Quinn is going to start in the slot, but I'm I'm not as huge a proponent of the concrete roles, you know, for receivers, I, I've always catered to the belief that you need, you want to move your receivers around, you know, you want to kind of get them in a favorable situation. And I think that, you know, a guy shouldn't be automatically relegated to the outside, you know, for every single snap and a guy shouldn't be relegated only to the slot for every single snap. Cause like if you put Trey Quinn in the slot on every snap you know, you're negating your opportunities to put other guys in there that could maybe flourish in those circumstances. Josh Doxon, a guy with who already has the size, you know, if you want to put him in the slot and cultivate that artificial separation for him, you know, that that's a way where you can get an edge for your offense. And I think, you know, you always got to be looking at it based on situations, based on matchups, and try and get the best, uh, best um, assignments in there. And I think, you know, we can talk about the three starters, but you know, move him around, it, it, you know, and a guy, you don't need to have like all three of a certain trait to succeed in a certain area. You know, like people have been talking about McLaurin maybe being too small to succeed on the outside, but if he's a good enough route runner, if he's fast enough, if he's detailed enough with his nuance, he might not have to be six, three, you know, he, he can be able to succeed in those situations. And I think, you know, it's not black and white and, um, uh, you know, Trey Quinn started in the slot but I think you can move him around. You can move other guys around. As for the um, position itself and the players themselves, um, I would err on your side there. I think it's definitely going to be, uh, if it were to be six guys today, it would be Doxson, Richardson, McLaurin, uh, Harmon, Quinn, and Sims. Sims has been getting hyped up by some of the beat reporters. I remember in minicamp, they were talking about how he was, um, he was making plays and he was standing out more than anyone. So he's definitely a guy to watch with his contested catch ability. We talk about Kelvin Harmon, but uh, Sims is two inches taller. And, uh, you know, he, he might have been a guy that was overlooked at Alabama with all the talent there. But uh, he's he, he can make a case early. Um, A guy that I do want to touch on real quick, Darvin Kidsey. I know he hasn't flashed a lot, but um, I had to spotlight him for the Unheralded Players segment uh, this offseason. You might have seen that article. Uh, but uh, he had a 41-inch vertical. I think like a 4-4 four, four speed, you know, so he's a very raw athlete, but a ton of potential there. And, you know, Ike, Ike Hilliard does not have a good track record developing receivers, you know, I'll, I'll concede that, but maybe if he can strike a tone with Kidzie, uh, there's definite potential there. And I'm, I'm excited to see him, I'm excited to see Robert Davis coming back from injury, um, I'm excited to see some other guys, the undrafted guys, Roming and Sims, TJ Sims, uh, Wait, is it no? Steven Sims, I got it mixed up. T.J. Romic, uh, Steven Sims, but um, I'm excited to see those guys too. Not excited to see Brian Quick. Um, he we kind of know what he is, but um, uh, there's a lot of interesting players in there. I ultimately think the top six is going to be what we said earlier. You know, I think Dachson and Richardson, those are the veteran guys. You you got to keep them on. You know, I don't I don't foresee a scenario where they cut doxson I foresee a scenario where he has a decreased role. Uh, because he doesn't really have a future with the team, he's addressed that, but um, they're definitely they're gonna keep him for sure, and they paid Richardson eight million a year. Uh, they gotta see if they can get some more out of that investment. Uh, Trey Quinn definitely gonna start in the slot, but like I said earlier, feel free to move guys around, be versatile, you know, be adaptable. Uh, and then Harmon and McLaurin, a lot of potential with those rookies, and then Cam Sims is basically a rookie, missed most of last year, uh, so a lot of youth, a lot of potential. And I, I hope they make the most out of it. I really do. Um, I, I wouldn't keep around a Brian Quick, you know, or, you know, J.U. Chesson, personally, I wouldn't keep him around. I would try and stash him on the practice squad. But if he's a good enough gunner and if he shows, uh, you know, strides as a receiving player, then you can get him. I know Ken Johansson, who we had on uh, earlier this offseason, kept him on his roster and his prediction uh, for that reason. So that's definitely a way that he could edge in there. But, uh, yeah, I think. We've talked about it. The top six seems to be the favorites, but there's a lot of guys in there who could kind of work their way into the mix. So we're just going to have to see what happens.
1: Yeah, and that's the interesting thing with those backup guys. Like, you know, Chesson has that special teams ability. Kidzie is an athlete, like you said. And even Brian Quick, who I'm on board with you, I wasn't excited to see them bring him back because, you know, they've never even really tried to use him that much. So I don't know if they just brought him back as depth signing, but he could even make a, a case. And Robert Davis is another athletic guy with solid height. And, you know, he had, a te- I think he had a terrible injury last year. Yeah. Um, but he could have possibly competed for a roster spot. So we'll see what he can offer this year. But that, that group's definitely the most up in the air on the roster where anything could really happen there. And I wouldn't be too surprised.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, whatever happens, it's unproven. You know, they got to go out there and prove themselves. And until they do... It's a bottom. It's a bottom three receiving core in the league, uh, but uh, there's definite potential there. And you know, people like to write them off. Uh, and you know, for now they don't have a case against it because they haven't made it yet. But with McLaurin, you've got his size, uh, his tough. He's actually a pretty tough guy for um, uh, for being six foot two hundred. You know, he's not overly big. You know, not overly physical, but a tough guy who can make those contested catches and has great route nuance and you know, speed with his technique and everything and his feet, you know, just a lot of, and then Harmon with his contested catchability, a lot of interesting traits, guys who could uh, potentially develop pretty quickly. Um, Ike Hilliard doesn't have a good track record, but, you know, there's always guys who can kind of transcend those circumstances and the coaching and just take advantage of the opportunity. And uh, with Dwayne Haskins throwing them in the football, uh, you know, could be a match made in heaven, so we'll see. I know he's been gaining chemistry with his receivers Pretty early, so um, hopefully that can kind of carry over into training camp. So we'll see, but um, that'll be fun to see how that settles, And there's gonna be fans in each corner with their clicks and everything. You know, we want Robert Davis, we want Cam Sims. You know, these guys are the next Julio Jones. You know, but we just gotta we just gotta see what happens. And it's gonna be it's gonna be fun for sure. We're almost at a time. Jacob, you have so graciously come on and uh, discussed this. Uh, you got anything else you want to say? Just kind of off the bat.
1: All right, one last quick position battle. Okay. Left guard, you taking West Martin or Eric Flowers?
0: West Martin. Yeah, I think
1: that's pretty easy. <laughs> I would do that as well. Um, I think Flowers makes the team solely because he has experience at tackle and they're super thin there. But I would like to see what West Martin can do with that left left guard spot yeah see if they finally fix that that'll be another one to watch
0: there was and, there was a tweet that I think Michael Phillips of the Richmond Times sent out uh, during minicamp about flowers uh, it was a lady pushing down a jenga tower and he's like this is flowers today I'm like yikes that's a big yikes right there I'm not I'm not sure how I feel about that and I know they like the projected versatility that he has but He's never proven himself to be a good blocker. And, you know, as good of a coach as Callahan is, some people, if they get far enough along in their careers, the bad habits, you know, you really just can't break them. Uh, So I hope I hope they can because, you know, he's got some potential, but I don't see that happening in one offseason. And how much time do they really have? They can't afford to hold these guys on the roster when they need uh, concrete depth. So it's going to be interesting to see. I ultimately do think to go with Martin. Uh, he he doesn't have a lot of athletic upside, but he's really, really, really strong. He's got a ton of power at the point of attack. I think that'll help him on the interior, uh, where he might not need to be as mobile. So, yeah, West Martin all the way.
1: I'm in the same boat. I like Flowers' athletic ability. I always have, like you said, he's not been good on the field, but, you know, if they could keep him on the roster as a backup and work with him a little bit, maybe just, I'd like to see what he can do. Uh, one more thing I want to say, Chase Rulier is the starting center. He played every snap last year. If you're going to tell me that he's the worst starting center in the league, you can get out. He's he's a fine starter. Okay. I've seen some people calling for him to be replaced, and what? I think it's laughable.
0: Oh my goodness. Kids these days, man. Kids these days. Oh my God! I think that's a well. That's not. That's kind of a bad way to end off. But we don't have a lot of time. So <laughs> Chase Rouillard is the man. You know, he's got what it takes. All right. That's it. Uh, we are out of time. I would love to keep talking about position battles, but we'll have more content. And you know, maybe if we have time, we can get another pod together and just cover what we missed. We'll see. We're figuring this out as we go, guys. We're winging it. And the Redskins. Hopefully, they won't be winging it uh, when they're making these crucial decisions next month. Uh, for now, we are out of time. Uh, peace out. Have a good night. See you in August.